You're listening to Filmmakers Drinking Bourbon. Hey, what's up, Internet? It's Alex. And it's Frank. And we're filmmakers. And we're not drinking anything. Not yet. Because we, we've got a special guest on the program uh, that knows a little bit more than we do about how to make a proper drink. Yes. So we're going to hold off. We don't know anything. No. Not just that pour much. it on ice. I know that I like it. I, I know that I, I like drinking it, but I just don't know the specifics, the ins and outs. So uh, who do we have? We have, uh, his name's Tony. Tony. I'm not going to try his last name because okay. I'll butcher it. I butcher everything. Anyway, we're going to get him on the line, right? And he's going to come and tell us who he is. Yeah. Right. right let's dial We've in. upgraded the phone in the studio. We're yeah, in Studio A. It doesn't take any boops or beeps or underwater tones or bubbles. Uh, it just goes. So watch this. Hey, Tony, you there? Uh, hello, guys. Hey. I'm here. Tony, what is up? Who, who are you and what do you do? Well, uh, I'm a filmmaker. I like to drink bourbon, or maybe it's the other way around. I'm a bourbon drinker, and I like to make films. I, yes. <laughs> sometimes it changes. But, uh, but yeah, uh, director, editor, motion guy here in uh, South Texas, and pretty much do, uh, you know, a lot of adverts type of stuff, um, co- corporate videos, whatever comes down the pike. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So South Texas, are you, are you safe right now? Are you uh, above water? Uh, yes, I, I am safe. Uh, I'm in San Antonio, so thankfully... Um, we were on the list of being hit pretty hard, but uh, thankfully it, uh, it it hasn't been too bad here. So good, we're all, we're okay. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear. It. Do you know anybody in the uh, affected areas? I do. You know, I have some Facebook friends and some other close friends as well that live uh, in Houston directly. So um, it's been a crazy, crazy time. But they're they're okay. They're doing well. Good. They're on dry ground. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Prayers and uh, hopes and uh, good thoughts go out to everybody affected by that storm. Crazy stuff. Ab- absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, my wife and I are going to be getting a rescue dog. Yeah, good. At good some point. Yeah, my <laughs> wife works at the the local vet clinic in town, and they uh, typically take in a, b- a bunch of stranded animals every time there's a storm hits. Yeah, our last yeah, dog my- was a Katrina dog. Go ahead, Tony. Oh, really? Yeah, my uh, my my daughter and wife they do the same thing. They they foster um, uh, dogs, rescue dogs, and so on Sunday we're we're going to be getting a couple a uh, couple puppies from Houston directly. So that'll be that'll nice. be fun. Lo- I love seeing that. Yeah, everybody's got to chip in. Oh yeah, absolutely. Cool, cool. So filmmaker, bourbon enthusiast. Um, before we get started, let's can we start the bourbon route? Can can we absolutely just start there? So uh, producer Frank has brought in a, a load, a tray, a table full of ingredients. <laughs> I think he sourced some ingredients from your site. Um, but let me this is like let, Iron let's Chef. kind of walk through Frank. <laughs> yeah, it's like Iron Chef. Frank, what do we have on the table? What, okay. what is all this? So we have a little bit of bullet bourbon that's still left from my last podcast, uh, two, two podcasts ago. Okay. And right. we have simple syrup. And I have honey, and I'm hoping that's how you make honey simple syrup because nobody seemed to know what honey <laughs> simple syrup was. Okay. I have some grapefruit juice. Yep. And we have ice and, and some glasses. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and okay. Lemon so juice. bourbon, simple syrup, honey, grapefruit juice, and lemon, and ice. Can you make anything with that, Tony? Oh yes, you guys, you guys, got, it's perfect. Um, so all right, man, this is good. So, bullet bourbon is a great cocktail making 
all around bourbon, right? They make a rye and they make a, uh, a bourbon whiskey. Yeah. And I usually stock that in my house. Um, oh, so we're losing when, you. We're losing you. Uh-oh. Oh. Is there something on our end or uh, no? Hello, hello. You there? I can hear you guys loud and clear. Okay, you're like a robot. It's like Robot Tony on the phone now. Yeah, so Robot, robot. There we go. Okay, so we got Bullet. You're saying they're a pretty good all-around bourbon. Yes, it's a great cocktail bourbon. So what we can do, let's first, let's attack the the honey simple syrup. So, you know, I kind of started doing the cocktail thing because I love going to cocktail bars. And I just didn't like paying the cocktail bar prices for, for drinks. Yeah. So I decided, uh, you know, how can I make this better? How, how can I do this um, myself? And, you know, I guess roughly a year ago or so, started just experimenting and trying. And, and uh, it, it was not a pretty picture at first, but eventually got to a point where I could make something that was semi-tasty and tolerable and and my wife didn't make a an ugly face at me, so <laughs> yeah. I knew that we were heading in the right direction. And I discovered this drink called the Brown Derby, and it's been around for a, a good while. The Brown Derby, okay. The Brown Derby was ma- uh, named after a bar uh, in LA many many moons ago, and they came up with this drink. And it's taking honey simple syrup, it's taking um, grape- grapefruit juice and uh, your choice of bourbon whiskey. And that's pretty much it. So uh, real quick, to make the honey simple syrup, uh-huh. you you just um, make equal parts honey, equal parts water. Okay. Just distilled water, and you boil it, wait till uh, it comes to a nice boil, and then that's pretty much it. You stir it, you know, so, keep an eye on it. So say we were in a studio and we didn't have access to boiled water. <laughs> <laughs> what would we do? You don't well, do it, I, yes. you yeah, it's kind of hard. The honey will not meld very well on its own, so you've got to boil it together with water to mm-hmm. kind of, you know, create your simple syrup. You can definitely try it, and by all means, if uh, you know you're locked away somewhere and you don't have any access to fire, then you know, honey and water it up and go crazy. Okay. Um, but uh, but yeah, so it'd be it'd be equal parts um, honey, equal parts water, and I okay. usually actually what I do is I'll make a a pot of it. And keep it in an old um, bullet bourbon glass bottle, nice. so I have that always ready on on you know on staff. Then, so to say. Do you just uh, heat you know reheat that when you want to mix a drink or? No, it, it's it's simple syrup now. So you just either keep it in a dark shelf or you can keep it refrigerated. Yeah. At that point, um, and you just use it room temperature for any type of you know I'll use it as well for all my other syrups. So I don't use regular simple syrup. I'll just use honey simple syrup for like my margaritas or my gimlets, um, stuff like that. So it's basically just simple syrup, but just with honey. So it's got a nice little smokiness flavor to it versus using the sugar, you know? Mm -hmm. That's kind of why I like it. That makes sense. So do you use simple syrup in the recipe at all or is it just this honey simple syrup? It's just this honey simple syrup. This is, anytime you see a recipe that has simple syrup, I just replace it with my own honey my own honey simple syrup. Okay, cool. So we're mixing the water. So if we're putting the honey in there and we can't boil it, yeah, do you it recommend still doing equal parts? Um, if you can try, yeah, I would. It would since we're in the experimental stage, <laughs> try to try to do. A, That's what this is all about. Um, this is how you started, yeah. Tony. Come on. <laughs> this is how we started. It was uh, underneath the the basement, uh, late nights, in between editing and. I don't know how I get anything wor- any work done, but uh, yeah. yeah. So I would just go crazy and, and try to stir it up as best you can. Nice. Um, We're gonna make and it work. And then uh, 
fresh fresh grapefruit is the key. Yep. Uh, squeeze, you know, whatever, um, yeah, whatever you have, one and a half ounce uh-huh. jigger, or one ounce. And then um, the recipe actually calls for um, one and a half parts of the whiskey. So okay. I, I, bounce, I bounce back and forth between one part and one and a half. Sometimes, you know, if you're feeling really good, make it two parts. Oh, yeah. It's up to you. I like a little more of that bourbon flavor, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Okay. And that, it's a really good drink. Um, it's, it's refreshing. Um, I'm a fan of grapefruit, and uh, it's just a nice, refreshing, good old-fashioned yeah. drink. No doubt. All right, here we go. We're, we're mixing up the honey with the water. What do you got over there? I've got just the honey in the water so far. So you've and got your the show how <laughs> noobs we are in this. I don't yeah. have a stir, so I'm just going to use wish, my finger. Use your finger. I wish I could see this. Yeah, oh, get your dude, finger in there, hilarious. man. Okay, uh, honey and water. There you uh, go. Stirring it up with the good old finger. Give it a good stir. And thing you, we were born with. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to put it in a shaker. You got to put it in a shaker and oh, shake it. Up. I don't. Know, I don't know if you guys have a shaker or not, but no. you really got to meld it together. And that's you know, shaker some ice, and just slam it together well, and then we, pour it out. We got fingers. It's good. Maybe yes. you need to have some videos <laughs> on your site that show the process. Oh. You know that that might be a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. All right. All right. That feels better than <laughs> what it started. How out. does it? Right. How so does it feel, Frank? Does it feel s- better? <laughs> it does. <laughs> and then uh, grapefruit juice. Okay, so I did uh, a half ounce of or a half shot of water, half shot of honey. Are okay. you saying uh, one full shot of grapefruit or the same amount of the simple syrup? So once you have your simple syrup mixture. Yep. Right. You're going to do half a part of whatever, you know, whatever you're going to do of uh, your grapefruit and, and bur- uh, bourbon. So if you're going to do part. one ounce of, yep. if, yeah, if you can do one ounce of bourbon and one ounce of uh, juice, then just do, um, you know, half an ounce of your uh, honey. Syrup. Gotcha. Okay. So, got my so sometimes I'll make this in bigger quantities. So, you know, I'll do three or four parts to two parts of simple syrup, depending. Gotcha. 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 Okay. So Frank's pouring his grapefruit juice in now. Yep, I went a little heavier, so I gotta do two of these. Dang. There you go. There you go. Oh, this is yeah. gonna be a big drink. <laughs> Just keep pouring it. Full of grapefruit flavor. All right, cool. And then uh, I'm gonna go since I did one shot glass total with the uh, honey simple syrup mixture. I'm gonna do two of the bourbon. Yes. I'm gonna go a little heavy because I like my bourbon. Sounds good. Yep. And one. And two. All right, Frank. Oh, you. We'll use our our meaty stir stick here. Uh, it's attached to our uh, human body. Frank the stirrer. I like it. <laughs> I'm not going to use Frank's stir stick. I'm going to use my own. <laughs> <laughs> I've brought my own stirrer. His name is yes. Frank. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, what do you think? Ice cubes or no? Do you drink this? Room temperature. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I usually in the shaker there's ice, so it, okay. it chills. So when I pour it out, it's a it's a chill drink. So go ahead and put some cool. ice in there. Put some ice in here. We don't have a shaker. We're we're going old school. This is like a survival camp. You know, if you're out in the woods, yeah. all you've got is the ingredients. You know, and you're, Frank. you're really roughing it because all you've got is is <laughs> bourbon and Frank. Uh, this is what you do. <laughs> this is what. Grab a honeycomb. <laughs> grab a honeycomb. Squeeze some honey out. Grab a honeycomb. Get some water. Yep. All right. Let's try this. Frank, right, cheers. cheers. 
And this is called a, would you say a brown derby? A brown derby. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm sipping on a Manhattan right now, mm. just so you guys know. Much Lunch. better than it has a right to be based on how we did that. <laughs> what we did. Uh, it's all the ingredients and the ratio that you put them in. I actually like it. I'm a sucker for sweet drinks. I think yours is more sweet than mine. It probably is. Mm. Yeah, you can you can adjust. I and I'll do that for like my wife and I. I'll adjust the the sweetness to taste. Yeah, but that's Sweet. the basic recipe. I like it. Is that would you consider that your signature recipe? Yeah, that is that is my signature recipe, and um, it's um, it's gotten my wife in trouble. Actually, she <laughs> went to a uh, a bar with some coworkers. Uh, this was like uh, a couple months ago. Yeah, and uh, she's at this bar and. And she tries to order a drink, and they don't, they don't understand it, and they're not sure what she's talking about. Mm. And then she gets another drink. She comes back. She tells me about this, and, and I'm like, "Well, what bar were you at?" And she's like, "Well, we were at a country bar. I'm like, they're they're not going to know what a brown derby is. Mm. <laughs> they're not going to know what it is. So, yeah, it's uh, it's addicting. Yeah, it's very addicting. Oh, no, nice, nicely done. Uh, and this was just years and decades and uh, hundreds of years of uh, experimentation, right? Absolutely, yeah. Definitely in the hundreds. <laughs> Sweet. So while you're experimenting on these drinks, uh, what are you editing? I know, I know you mentioned corporate um, kind of video stuff, but kind of run us through what the majority of your business on the video front is. Well, um, you know, the usual director, editor, motion designer, um, grip, um, phone answerer, you know, yeah. bourbon maker. Um, so... Yeah, I do a lot of um, like medium-sized broadcast stuff uh-huh. for ad agencies, so commercials um, and then corporate videos for, for companies as well. And then uh, you know that docu style, uh, I call them promo mentories. It's kind of half promo, half docu style oh, nice. video for uh, for companies, and so they live on the web. So that that pretty much they live in the in the short form realm, um, thirty seconds to you know three or four minutes. You're just editing these, or are you filming them too? Um, you know, it kind of runs the gamut. So sometimes I'll uh, I'll provide a turnkey, you know, solution um, where it's uh, I'll you know director hire a crew, build up a crew, and then you know edit it or hire some editors. Or sometimes I'll just be an editor. Um, so it just depends on on the size of the project and on um, you know the budget and all that good stuff. But yeah, yeah, definitely have a have a long career of editing and and. Um, being on the post-production side as, as well. What type sure. of budget ranges are you working with? Um, you know, it's, I mean, it varies. Uh, over the years, budgets have been have been getting tighter and shorter. Um, but it varies from doing um, little, you know, spot tags to, uh, like I said, doing um, promo entries or pitch videos or um, videos where, you know, they want to feature a certain aspect of a product so it could be anywhere from you know 500 bucks to you know 15 20 30 thousand dollars just it just depends on what's going on um you know is there production involved or not involved that type of thing yeah is is there a specific project uh something maybe something recently that you would say is one of your favorites uh maybe more so a style thing like the type of projects that you like to work on the most um yeah you know i really like uh um Anything that pays me, 
is uh, is great. <laughs> um, no, uh, hmm, that's a good question. Yeah, I I uh, I just did a campaign last year where it was for like a tourism campaign. It was all post, all editing, and I had fun uh, doing that, you know, and just kind of building a little story out of the footage that I was provided. Mm. And showing, you know, this family and, and having a good time and, and their adventures, so to say. So I definitely like projects where where there's a good, strong creative, but then I have the freedom to kind of explore and, and uh, you know, try to help bring it up and lift it up and, and make something unique out of it. That makes sense. Totally, totally. We, we lost you there for one second, so I'm just going to kind of recap for the listeners. You, you like uh, projects that have a strong creative, but then still have the flexibility to uh, kind of provide your own input and, 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 you know, expound off that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's always good. You know, it feels like um, everybody's collaborating. So that's, that's, that's fun. Absolutely. Are there uh, any kind of a weird question, any filmmakers or commercials or things that you've seen uh, recently kind of in your area of expertise that you look up to maybe like any motivational pieces where you see that and you're like, Oh, Oh, that's what, okay. That's what we're going for. I like that. Kind of a weird question, but take it as you will. Yeah. No, um, you know, I don't know if this is going to answer your question, but you know, there's a lot of great agencies coming out out of Austin and Dallas. So they're constantly producing a lot of good, interesting work. You know, there's, um, I'm in San Antonio, so, um, we have the Spurs and, um, there's an agency out of, uh, Dallas that handles, the the spurs for for this grocery company here it's called heb and they always do really good funny spots you know they 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 know that they're dealing with basketball players and not actors you know so they kind of build the creative around that um and so that you know play to them just being regular guys just playing basketball yeah so those those spots are really are really fun um so i definitely like to to watch those and look up to those and they do that for other sports teams in other cities throughout texas as well so those are kind of those are kind of cool. And then the stuff that uh, there's some, you know, pretty big agencies in Austin, GSDNM and some other ones that are just doing, you know, from uber high end to, to local stuff. So there's always good stuff to go around and check out. But I can't think of anything besides that any, in particular. So living in, in Texas, um, do you, Texas, do you, Texas, um, <laughs> yeah. there's, there's multiple Texas, yeah. yeah. Um, do you find yourself um, ever editing? wedding videos and the reason i'm asking is i used to shoot videos and like at one point i considered moving down to texas because i was like oh that'll extend the wedding season (laughs) yes we have uh we have summer followed by a dash of summer sprinkled within with a little bit more summer and then you know there's a little bit of frost that comes in for about a week and then we're back to summer again Uh, Um, yeah (laughs) it's just a frosty summer yeah so weddings would be perfect here um no you know um Many many moons ago, I I kind of did some some of the wedding stuff, but um, I'm usually pretty pretty busy, um, you know, to take on to take on weddings. But there's definitely a market here. There's definitely a couple of uh, in San Antonio. There's like two or three big wedding companies um, that do videos, and they you know they provide all the different services for uh, the tables and that type of decoration and stuff. So it's it's a big market. There's some big markets in in Austin as well. But I, I don't do that personally. Have you always been in San Antonio, or did you? Uh, is this a recent thing, or? Uh, yeah, you know, I tell everybody I've been corn fed and bred right here in San Antonio, Texas. Nice. Uh, but yeah, a native native of Texas. 
my whole life. Cool. How did you, uh, you know, throw away back? How did you get into the industry originally? Like, what did, were you originally like a, a chemist that just decided to quit his day job? I mean, I, everyone's got a weird story. Yeah, yeah, I, that's exactly right. I was a chemist <laughs> and uh, I was forced to leave See, my I other. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Yeah. This drink is really good. I'm telling you, the Brown Derby. Yeah. You can't go wrong. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it started out when I was in high school. My dad got a VHS camera. And once I discovered that you could record with it, I started making, you know, little my own little stupid movies and uh, my own little horror films. And before you know it, um, just started growing in that and, and then doing videos for my school and, and then for the church and then other little things here and there. Um, went to the local college here and started to realize that I was showing the instructors how to run the beta machines and the edit controllers. Um, found an internship at a, at a company and started interning there. Eventually, be, they hired me. And at one point, their senior editor, uh, he just he decided it was time for him to move on. So they were looking for somebody else. So I kind of asked them, like, hey, why don't, you know, I know you guys are looking for some other folks. Why don't you just give me a shot? Give me 90 days, if you will. And if I can't live up to snuff, then, you know, go back and hire somebody. But until then, give me a shot at, at running the facility. And they did. And, you know, it's just, it's kind of downhill from there. And then um, <laughs> uh, met, met one of my other business partners at that, uh, at that company. And we started our own little production company and ran that for about 10 or 12 years nice um and then just recently went freelance for the first time about a year ago very cool sorry and sorry for our you know our listeners we're having a, a little uh issue with skype we're, we're getting some in and out so let your yeah, brain hopefully, fill in the gaps hopefully they won't have any <laughs> gaps on their end yeah hopefully Is, not. <laughs> sorry um, about that. but no, speaking about the um the vhs days um that brings me back do you do you in any way miss editing in a linear fashion on tape. Good lord. No. No. Oh my gosh, no. What are you are you did you put enough bourbon no, in your brown I, derby? I hate tape based. He's just though. a masochist. That's it. <laughs> you you know, I I am very appreciative of the fact that I started from, you know, when I started it was two VHS tape super VHS decks and I would on the fly, you know, pause record, pause record before I got an edit controller. So I was really I'm really glad that I got to experience that and really it forced me to think about what I was doing because, you know, you're recording it to tape, you're inserting it to tape. So that's it. If you mess up, you got to start all over again. Yep. So that was really nice to, to kind of have that regimen, so to say. But do I miss it? No, <laughs> not <Yeah>. at all. <laughs> what, speaking on that, uh, what are you working with nowadays? Are you a, a premiere guy? Are you a, a Final Cut guy, Avid? Where are you at? Well, you know... Um, I will uh, I will gunsling for whatever my clients want, but personal choice is um, Final Cut Ten actually. Nice. It, okay, That's, so uh, you're a yeah. ten guy. You're, okay, I, so here, here's I am a, a ten guy. Here's here's a thing I have. Uh, it went from Final Cut Seven to Final Cut. What? Yeah. So it went, right, Final <laughs> Cut Seven to Final Cut X, and a lot of people what call is it this? ten. Is it ten? Yeah. Or is it is Final it, Cut yeah. X? It's it is ten. Ah, so they skipped eight and nine. Okay. Yes. yes gotcha. They, they went straight to the future. Good. How do you they like went it? To a, Are you, uh, uh, is it really you, the iMovie Pro that people say it is, or is it a, a fully featured functional pro editing platform? 
Well, you know, um, I mean, it depends on how much bourbon you're drinking, but uh, <laughs> no, I, I love it. You know, I, uh, there's, to me, there's nothing that compares to it. It's, it's uh, as far as just pure editing, you know, it's got a great metadata um, database system. So the ability to um, log your footage in hundreds and thousands of different ways is, is, is very nice. Um, it's a fast editor allows me to not really worry about the tools and just think about, you know, my impulses and my reactions. Um, having said that, you know, I, I, I'll cut in. I, ha- I have a client where I have to go to their facility and they're all avid media composer. And, it's you know, it's no problem. It's, at the end of the day, it's just a hammer, right? Um, but I can definitely move faster and create, I think, I feel better in Final Cut 10. So, yeah, I like it. It's definitely up to snuff. Um, nice. There's some things that that are you know you kind of have to go over the that wall of throwing everything that you that you know out the window and kind of give into how it wants to work and once you do that then you know the light bulbs start to go off um, so yeah there you go and I imagine knowing your material is really instrumental regardless of which editor you're using yeah you know like I said at the end of the day it's ju- you're just wielding a hammer um, you know you can call it Thor's hammer or whatever you want but um, it's really the person behind the machine who was who was looking at stuff. So I think you know it's very important uh, to know your material, whether you're on a PC or Mac or or uh, Avid or Premiere. And I really have been discovering that lately since I've gone freelance, working at other facilities. You know, jumping in there and seeing how the, everybody's in a rush and they just want to let's get stuff done. And I get that. I get we have deadlines, and I understand that. But just taking the time to to go through your material. What did, you know, the, people spend a lot of time, effort, and and brain power to come up uh, with ideas that relate to the script, right? They spent time to record stuff. I mean, you, Alex, you came up with an idea on set. Hey, what if we shot this way? What if we changed or shifted the story this way? So, you know, as an editor, it's not it's not good to just kind of let that go by the wayside and only try to pick up selects A and B. Look, look at everything, yeah. and 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 get a sense of everything. That way, you you might discover a new way to kind of shift the story or tell the story. So that's really really important, and especially I think you know even for the corporate stuff uh, as well. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Look through all your stuff. It's re- it's really good. Totally, it'll help. You. And speaking of all assets and everything, uh, are are you a motion graphics guy? Do you like kind of bridging gaps with uh, motion graphics, or you're utilizing that as another you know, tool in the arsenal. Yeah, definitely. You know, um, in in this market that I'm at, you know, you kind of have to wear multiple hats. So, um, good thing or bad thing, you know, it, it's just something that it, it needs to be done. You need to have that that tool set. So, motion graphics uh, is something that I, I am passionate about. Um, and to me, you know, I justify it as a way of storytelling. You know, whether I'm directing a spot, whether I'm editing something, or w- whether I'm doing motion graphics, it's about the story, right? It's about guiding your eye. It's about pushing that emotion uh, and and helping your audience connect with that next cut or that next um, lens flare, so to say. So yeah, I definitely enjoy and and like to nerd out and do motion <laughs> graphics um, and all that fun stuff. Nice. I, I'm out of my. I ran out of my Manhattan, by the way. Oh, dude, go ahead and mix yourself another one. We'll we'll listen. Oh no, I, you can I, walk I, us through it if you want. <laughs> no, I'm I'm good. I'm good. Oh, uh, that's funny. That's funny. Uh, are there any different programs that you use for motion graphics? Uh, you know, apart from Final Cut, uh, ten. Are you uh, uh, you know, After Effects or anything else? 
Yeah, so, um, you know, for many, many years, I was an, an After Effects artist and uh, loved to do all my motion graphics and After Effects. And uh, about two years ago, I decided to make the switch and become Adobe Free. Mm -hmm. So... I've been Adobe free for about two years, and <laughs> it I, sounds like you're part of a group. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Tony, we, uh, and I've been Adobe free for two years. <laughs> Congratulations! <Tony>. Uh, <laughs> we we meet every every other Thursday at seven p.m. at the corner of. <laughs> wow. uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. What else can I say at that point? That's but uh, yeah, so <laughs> I just decided, you know, I don't want to be on a subscription, and could, could I do it? And uh, so I, uh, I looked at this other program that Apple has called Motion. And I also use this other program that Blackmagic has called Fusion. Yeah. So I've been using those two apps, uh, mostly Fusion uh, of late, um, to do all my motion graphics or any type of visual effects. And um, it's, been pretty, uh, it's been pretty cool. It's been very cool. I've been enjoying it. Nice. Are you, are you sensing any downfalls or any uh, pluses or minuses, like heavy-handed over uh, After Effects? No, I mean, After Effects, there's a reason why it's the king of motion graphics, right? I mean, it's a good tool. Um, it, Adobe has done a great job with it. But um, I, to me, I found that, that I needed to buy a, bunch, I, you know, buy a bunch of plugins, and I kept having to buy more and more plugins. The, the core tool set by itself was great, but you really needed to, um, to invest in a lot of different scripts and plugins, and when I went freelance, you know, I was looking for alternatives to not have to spend a couple grand just on plugins by, by itself. And so that's why I discovered Fusion. And I started to, to see that a lot of the things that I needed to buy plugin-wise for After Effects, I didn't need to buy them for Fusion. So um, I, just the native app by itself allowed me to do, the, to do those same things that I needed plugins for in After Effects. Um, which led me to just kind of having an online presence and, and just kind of sharing my journey with Fusion, if you will. And then uh, that led me to uh, kind of presenting an, uh, an, uh, at NAB uh, for a company called LumaForge and just kind of giving an introduction to Fusion. And then that led to me uh, presenting at SIGGRAPH this past year, a couple of weeks ago, uh, for Blackmagic on, uh, on Fusion um, for MoGraph artists. And that were curious, you know, they're, they're After Effects users, curious about Fusion. So it's uh, it's definitely a big plus. And once you start to show, you know, I've showed many, many After Effects artists. These are the things that you can do and it's all native. There's no plugins required. You know, you can just see their eyes just kind of lighting up like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know that was possible. So, yeah, it's uh, it's been a great journey and, and I'm liking it so far. Yeah, that no, uh, the no plugins thing can make a big difference. Like if you're just by yourself, it's probably... You know, it might or might not be a big deal to you, but like when you're, when you have like, you start getting employees and people that's working with you and you need to buy it for like four different computers, it really starts to get right. annoying. Yeah. Once you have multiple, multiple machines, um, that's where it, it, you know, things change. And then you're looking at buying a group licenses of, of things and, and yeah, it becomes a much bigger mountain to climb. Yeah. Well, sure. Hold on. I, I heard you say that you uh, gave a, a talk at NAB. Yeah. Okay. So, talk a little bit about that. How did you get involved with that? What was that like? What was the crowd reaction to to people, you know, listening to your speech? Uh, what did you talk about? Just give us a little info on that that front. So, yeah. Um, you know, like I was saying, I was just, uh, I have been just sharing whatever things I've been discovering about Fusion uh, online, Twitter, Instagram, or, or whatever, and 
Um, also, I like to be involved in the Final Cut 10 community on Twitter as well. So there's this company called LumaForge, and they make um, they make sands pretty much uh, f- with you know many different types of uh, uh, workflows. So you can specifically they make it for Final Cut 10, but it'll, it'll work with you know Avid uh, Media Composer and Premiere and so forth and Resolve. So they put together this stage of presentations. They have multiple presenters covering all aspects of production from VR to um, 360 video to asset management, um, stuff with Final Cut, stuff with Premiere, Frame.io, uh, you name it. There was a lot of people there at their stage presenting for the like three days at NAB. So uh, they reached out to me and said, hey, you know, we've been seeing the stuff you did with Fusion. Would you like to would you like to, you know, present? And would you like to um, talk about it? So um, as long as I could have a drink with me, then I said, yeah, and they agreed to it. So <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> well, you are, in, you are in Vegas, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can so. do whatever you want, wherever you want, I hear. Yeah. You should have taught yeah. people how to make cocktails as part of your presentation. <laughs> yeah. So while you're rendering, you want to take this fresh <laughs> cup of ice. <laughs> awesome. And if you have a Mac Pro, pour it down the center to cool off. <laughs> Yes, the jet stream air cooling system uh, simultaneously. Oh my god! Speaking of that, okay. So I've got a question. You're a you're a post guy. You're a you're a you know. I'm assuming a hardware nerd like most post guys. I'm mm-hmm. a I'm not a post guy, and I'm also a hardware nerd. Are you excited for the new iMac Pro, the uh, any of the the Apple Pro line, or are you a PC guy? No, I am Apple all the way. Um, you know, I, I have to work on PC from time to time, but uh, I'm definitely Apple all the way. So I am pumped about the possibility of getting an iMac Pro. Or you know, they've also they've announced uh, that they're going to do a uh, modular, some sort of modular desktop system. Yeah, but I heard I that could that. be a few, a couple years out, and I, I don't know that I want to wait that long. Do you want to wait that long? Right. I no, I don't. And you know, for the most part, for me personally, for my systems um, that I have. Uh, Final Cut 10 works beautifully on on the hardware. Um, they've really harnessed it, so it screams on the hardware already. Yeah. So I'm not really worried about that. But it's it's the stuff with like Resolve, you know, when I do color correction, or if I'm in Fusion, I'm doing some sort of 3D motion graphics. That's where it starts to bog down. And PC has definitely got my attention. Um, but I'm kind of curious to see where the, where eGPU goes. So I'm kind of, uh, I have a keen eye on eGPU, and I'm hoping that uh, that will keep flourishing. And if that's the case, um, then I can just add eGPU to my existing hardware and keep on a rocking, so to say. I'd recommend going PC. Mm. <laughs> I, have, I have a even broader question. What the hell is eGPU? That too. <laughs> For the for the numbskulls like I me, was pretending can, like I knew what it was. Yeah, you're a genius. I'm not. Can you explain e, e, what eGPU is? It sounds like an AI thing, and I sound like I might be a little worried about it taking over my planet. It it will only take over your computer, and it will make cocktails for you. So nothing to worry about. You'll be okay. All right, all right. As long as that happens, um, it can have the rule of the world. Go ahead. I used to have a uh, uh, cocktail tray that I pushed a button, it would come out. I can put my cocktail on the. On the tray. I'm pretty sure that's called an eGPU. Yeah, oh, nice. it, <laughs> it is called an eGPU. Um, we we need to talk about more cocktails, by the way. But yeah, um, so it's just basically external GPU. So it'll it 
over Thunderbolt, you know, three or Thunderbolt two, oh, okay. you can oh, attach yeah, yeah. a different, you know, GPU to it and harness, you know, that that hardware. That that's pretty much it. Totally, because you can't fit some of these GPUs with uh, the coolers and everything that they need to perform inside the actual physical machine, right? Right, and it, but it, it'll work for like laptops as well. It, so you can have a Thunderbolt laptop, and then now start using this. Yeah. You know, a high uh, high end graphics card. Is there a, well, a bottleneck with that? You know, kind of Thunderbolt or whatever port you're using, ESAT or whatever, versus a direct to the the operating system. Like, is there a sense of that? Yes, or is that just all ab- witchcraft. No, absolutely. There there is definitely some witchcraft involved, but uh, th- there is a bottleneck for sure. And Frank, you're gonna tell me again to go PC. Um, but you know, I've committed to being on a Mac, um, so my my <laughs> kind of limited um but for me the bottleneck yeah. is not that much of uh you know of a, of a loss so it's 10 percent, 15 percent of uh of some of the um the graphics power but i'm still going to get such a great uh increase in power so it's not really that much of a difference for me so i can still keep my operating system i can still keep my current you know hardware and i'm only going to lose 10 percent of a you know nvidia 1080 titan uh-huh. And I'm I'm gonna go with it. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. You know, makes total sense for so the convenience. You, yeah, but but I mean, if you're on the fence about going PC, then you know maybe you should go PC because then yeah, you're not gonna have a bottleneck problem. Um, but for me, it's you know ten percent, fifteen percent is is I'm okay with losing. Yeah. Is it, wh- what about a thought on a on a Hackintosh, so to speak? Is that is that a real thing, or is that a you know I'd rather just buy the fully made Mac? It it is a real thing, but I I definitely would stay away from them because, you know, you're constantly having to monitor everybody that I've everybody that I've talked to, seen who who's had Hackintoshes. It never works out. Um, there's so many tweaks and so many. For me, it's like you're back on a PC, so might as well go. P, might as well just go PC. Um, but yeah, stick with the Apple hardware as is. Um, it's a little bit more. You know, it's a little bit more costly. And and from working at a, at one of the facilities I work at, you know, they've got thirty. Uh, 35 Avid systems, you know, about 10 or 15 that are, that are, um, they're full on edit base, you know, HD, 4K capable, and the other ones are uh, small editing stations. They're all PC, all on fast hardware, fast graphics cards, but it's just the PC is clunky and it's constantly, you, you constantly have to restart the machines. And I noticed that with Macs, even though, yes, they're not as speedy as, as PCs, they just work so well. They're like little workhorses, and they just keep, you know, trudging along. Um, so you just keep throwing a load on them, and they just keep going. So that's something that I still, still uh, admire about them. So to say, any of that makes sense because it didn't make sense to me. Yeah. So <laughs> just check. Going back to into editing a little bit, what would your? I'm going to give you a scenario. Yeah. And this is actually a true scenario I have coming up. So I have um, 20 talking head interviews to do. Mm-hmm. Post-production-wise, what would be your workflow for editing them? Do you edit them all? Like, would you edit them all at once, send them to the client, wait for the review, edit them, like, send in little batches? Walk us through that. Well, you know, every project is different, right? Every project has its own unique set of demands. So sometimes it's um, a timeline issue. Sometimes it's a quantity of footage issue. Um, you know, are you producing one video? Or are you producing multiple videos? So it just depends on each particular situation. But you know, if you've if you're working in a, in a structure where you've got 
um, a, a script, an approved, an approved uh, format, so to say, and you've got these talking heads. Yeah, you're going to want to start to obviously log all your footage, get to know that material, make sure that you've got a good understanding of what's there, and then you can start to build upon what's, uh, you know, what's needed for the edit. Um, so I'm basically doing that right now. Um, I've got a, a video where it's uh, taking some existing footage, adding new stuff to it, and it, the process is I'll, I'll start to cut stuff and show my creative director little pieces here and there saying, hey, this is the rough cut. What do you think? Do you like this direction? This is the direction that I'm going in. So I think you, know, you don't want to just make something and you kind of get lost in the forest and then just show here's the final. You want to be able to include whoever it is that is in charge of making decisions uh, along the way. So, hey, what do you think of this? This is the direction that I'm thinking about going in. This is the direction that it feels like the footage wants to take me, right? Um, is this good? Should I keep going? Do you like this path? Yes, no, or maybe let's change it or shift it a little bit. And that way you can kind of keep going along the way. So um, I've been, definitely been in that situation where you, you, you come up with something completely different and new and you're excited. And then you show the client. Uh, and they're like, well, that's great. We like it, but it doesn't fit within the vision of the script or the yeah. vision of the of this product. So being aware of that is very, very important um, to make sure that you include them in on that, to let them know this is the journey that the footage is, you know, taking me on. What do you think? Um, yeah. Is this a good place to go? Or maybe there's something you don't know about that's logistical that just can't be, you know, you just can't get ar around it. So things like that. Yeah, definitely. In in, in that process of, of, of kind of review and discuss with, with the client, with director, whoever, are you utilizing any sort of uh, like a Whipster or a you know, client review platform like that? Or are you sending over a Vimeo link or a, a YouTube link or a Dropbox? I, 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 uh, I usually print it out on, on paper stock and then send it via Raven. <laughs> uh, yes, Jon Snow would approve. Yeah. John, yeah, exactly. And, you know, it takes a couple weeks, but uh, I get much more thorough notes. <laughs> no, uh, I definitely use uh, uh, Frame.io. Frame.io, um, okay. I, yeah, I've been loving Frame.io. It's, it's been really great. I even use it for, um, uh, you know, I'll have to interact sometimes with other production companies and other edit um, vendors. Yeah. And so it's a great way of just saying, hey, here's a here's a project. You can just upload all of your assets to totally. to MyFrame.io or deliver. You know, I just delivered um, master files for some spots um, to an agency, and it was like, here, you know, here's your one link. You yeah, can download you can your the pro, proxy pro online, or then download the full res, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, so definitely Frame.io is worth it. So the the one thing I will say is with you going Final Cut 10, um, Premiere, I know, has, I don't know much about Final Cut 10, but I know Premiere has added uh, windows and kind of modules for both Frame.io and Whipster. Does Final Cut 10 have anything like that where you can do it right in the program? Not really, no. That's one thing that I do, um, I hope, will, 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 uh, they'll be allowed to do uh, later on, and I've heard some stuff here and there, but I, I'm not sure if that's going to happen. Um, but there is a couple things. So you can send, you know, you can send a uh, a spot or a video out from your timeline directly from Final Cut. It'll open up a separate app and mm -hmm. launch it into um, Frame.io. And when you get comments on Frame.io, um, you can export an XML, which will bring in comments and put it on your timeline for you. So it's not as seamless as. You know, Premiere has that whole panel system where you can just write in and there, drag stuff back and forth from Premiere into Frame.io and, and vice nice. versa. 
Um, so it's not like that, but it, there is some flexibility in there. So yeah, well, that's good. It's not too bad. Cool. So you got also are there are there any any other apps in your uh, kind of pipeline that you work with other than uh, Final Cut Ten and uh, Motion? Um, yeah, definitely Resolve is a is a huge hub. Um, just for bringing in, you know, depending on what uh, the the job is, if it's all red or airy. Um, Res Resolve is a great hub for making my own proxies or just kind of prepping the stuff, my footage as well. So I use Resolve either for coloring uh, my own work uh, or pre prepping it for VFX as well. So I, I'll use it to pre prep, uh, prep VFX or just making my own proxies and dailies for myself uh, to cut in, in Final Cut. So yeah, definitely Resolve is a big one. Obviously I use Fusion as well for motion graphics and some of my VFX. And that's pretty much it. Uh, Sound-wise, I usually uh, send out sound to... Uh, I'm actually in my buddy's sound studio here in San Antonio uh, recording uh, on my own little laptop, my own little setup, but it's just easier to come into his booth. So I'll send my sound out to him, and he'll he'll mix all my stuff for me as well. Very nice. Yeah. So uh, what what's kind of... Uh, here? We ask a few questions on here. First of all, what are you drinking? I know you are drinking a Manhattan earlier. you drinking anything now, but also in your Manhattan, what kind of bourbon? So, all right, good. Yes, uh, I am drinking um, a bourbon rye called Whistle Pig, and uh, it's just a lovely bourbon rye, ten year, uh, a ten year aged bourbon rye. And in my Manhattan, I have um, let's see here if I can remember what I did. A um, couple dashes of uh, some bitters, Angostura bitters, uh, a splash of some orange bitters, mm. and then. Um, Let's see here. Two parts, two parts uh, bourbon rye, and then uh, one part sweet vermouth. I use a uh, Dolan sweet vermouth. Nice. That and that's Sounds about tasty. it. So yeah. Oh yeah, it was good. It was good. What, what's your uh, what's your go-to if if you could only have one bourbon on your shelf uh, at all? Money's no option. I, w I would say that. Um, what would you choose? You know, I, I don't know. I um, I do. Uh, uh, I can't really taste too many of the nice, expensive bourbons mm. just because they cost a lot of money. <laughs> but uh, I have been loving lately um, this this um, distillery out of uh, Kentucky called Willet. Yeah. And uh, so I love Willet uh, uh, bourbon. I love their rye. And they also have um, another couple of spinoffs called uh, Noah's Mill. Uh -huh. And. Um, or Rowan's Creek and Noah's Mill. Those are pretty good as well. Uh, but I definitely like the, the, the Willet. And then I'll throw in a little Elijah Craig in there every once in a while. I tried to pick up more I, whiskey. I tried to pick up some Willet today, and uh, the people at the store said they don't have it in Ohio. Really? You know, oh, really? At all? At all. Whoa. Oh, Rare. Man. Yeah. You, you Texans get the best of the lot. Oh, man. I'm telling you, Willet is good. <laughs> we, we uh, yeah. Actually, the Willet was gone too. I went to, uh, I went to go get a bottle, and uh, it was gone. That's so the first thing I, I'd uh, stock up on for my disaster preparedness. I'm telling you. Yeah. Yeah. We, oh, we got storms coming in. I better get me a few bottles. <laughs> that's that's funny because that's exactly what I told my yeah. wife. I said, uh, "Honey, get the gin. Totally. Get the. It's it's <laughs> high in calories. It can keep you sustained for long periods of time. Keep you warm. It's like a security blanket. Get the Campari, and we're good." Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, well, other than bourbon, other than editing, I mean, maybe including editing, uh, what are you excited about? Are you a big 
movie buff? Uh, you excited for movies coming out? You excited for programs, cameras, maybe bourbons? What are you excited excited about? Oh man, that's a that's a good question. It's a loaded question. Loaded. Uh, so loaded. I can't think of anything, but it's loaded. Yeah, uh, locked and loaded. <laughs> I'm excited uh, for Blade Runner. Oh my God, you're my best friend right now. I'm excited for Blade Runner. Nice. Yeah, I was having a margarita yesterday uh, with a friend, and so we've we've already dedicated time God. Blade to Runner and going margarita. to see Man Blade Runner. My own heart. Yep. I'm telling you, yeah, yeah. So we've already we've already set a time to to go buy the tickets and and. Uh, Cool. Watch us some Blade Runner. Did you? Yeah, uh, that's, that's what did you see the Blade Runner twenty thirty six uh, short prior to twenty forty nine? Yes, uh, directed by Luke Scott. Yeah. Yes, I did see it. It's I liked it. Great. I mean, they're using the same actors. I don't know if Deacon shot it. It looks pretty similar, like same sets. It's pretty epic. Yeah, yeah. I was surprised that they that they're doing that, but um, but yeah, I, I I definitely soaked it up for sure. I might have to go back and and rewatch it. Yeah, I will say uh, it, uh, it. It takes a lot to get me excited about a movie coming out, and like I'm not saying I'm excited about Blade Runner, but it definitely looks good enough where I would want to see it in a the theater, uh, and that says a lot for me. I, a hard man to impress, he, you are. You know what though? It's got two of my favorites. It, it has uh, Roger Deakins and it has Denny, yeah. the director, Venezuela. And uh, I just you can't. I mean, you can definitely go wrong, but you just can't go wrong with those two guys. Those two gentlemen no. are just uh, Denny. The top of their Did craft. Did you see Arrival? Yes. Oh my gosh. Right. Uh, just beautiful. Yeah. Looked beautiful. Uh, but just beautifully paced, acted, everything. I mean, everything that he does. Prisoners, right? And Sicario. Well. Well, so uh, you know, Bradford Young, uh, DP yeah, arrival, amazing. and uh, I'm a huge, huge fan of Bradford Young as, as well. I. Uh, love his work. Um, he's he's a great, yeah. I mean, he's just intense, really intense. Got a great eye, um, and yeah, I mean, Deacons and Denny have collaborated before in the past. So yeah, Sicario and uh, and uh, Prisoners. I really, really liked Prisoners. There's a lot right. of good uh, still still grabs you can. Not grab overdone either. Amazing. Very real. Very like it wasn't overlit. It was just there. You know, it's appropriate. Right. And just a good use of having, you know, really big actors in a film and, and not controlling them, but just giving them ability to be real. And so that was that was really nice. I really like that film. Yeah, I, ho- I hope he brings that same feeling to, you know, the sci-fi epic. Yeah, it's tough. I, I mean, that's going to be I, a really, really tough bag. That's a tough bag because you've got this pre-existing history and environment and... Um, and then you got these crazy fans that you know they're gonna be analyzing everything, so it's uh, it's it's gonna be very tough, tough to deliver. But you know, either way, I'm strapped in. I got my bourbon ready, um, so I'm good. I'm gonna enjoy it. So, anything you working on that you're excited about? Um, let's see here. Working on that I'm excited about. I'm excited about a lot of things. Um, just did a job where I used Fusion to do some motion graphics and you know, some 3D motion graphics. So that's hopefully going to be finishing up. I'm excited about that. Um, did some pitch, some pitch videos for one of the agencies here in town. So they just won a big account. I just found out. So I'm really excited about that. More work coming in. So nice. that'll be really good. Um, other than that, um, you know making my next cocktail ah. going to see actually i think <laughs> going back to the, the previous talk about uh, topic about movies i think um maybe since alex got off so easy last episode sure real quick superhero movies do you enjoy them or not 
Oh man, I was hoping you wouldn't ask. Loaded, that. right? Oh yeah, it's, it's loaded. So here, here's the thing. It doesn't matter. You know, You're wrong either way on this show. So <laughs> either way, I'm gonna raise a glass and say cheers. Yes. Um, so I am getting a little bit tired of the superhero, um, yeah. you know, universe. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, at the same time. I enjoy them for what they are. They're popcorn, Thank you know. God. And uh, Marvel is had done it has done a, a great job of riding that balance. Yep. Um, yes, there's some movies that oh my, yeah, you might fall asleep in, but you know what you're going into. It's pop popcorn. You know, you're not going into an arrival where you need to pay attention and think about life and think about, you know, contemplate what it is that we're doing. Um, and I have a ten year old son, so we, uh, you know, he gets a kick out of him. So I get a really big kick out of talking about. You know what's this character going to do, and that character, and how are they going to integrate these storylines together? So you, yeah, I would say yes. Any uh, any standout favorites? If you had to pick a few uh, kind of superhero movies, that you'd say yeah, these are the ones I do like. What would you say? Well, I uh, you know Christopher Nolan's Batman is is uh, a standout. Um, you know you can't go wrong with uh, the CN for sure. Yeah. Um, Dark, Dark Knight was really good. You know, I enjoyed. Uh, I think uh, kudos to the new to the original Iron Man. Mm. You know, um, that's what started it all. Yeah. So to say, so I would say kudos to that. I remember. God, I remember walking walking out of the theater once the once the the title sequence hit at the end, and it was just like you know I couldn't leave. It was so it was good. It was fun. I, I can't can't think of the director's name for the life of me. He but he was uh in you know the actor and chef. Ah, uh, he's he's uh, Tony Stark's uh, yeah. body man. In yes, ah, uh, he did made. He yeah. did uh, swingers. Um, oh, he's great. What's his la, name? La something. La La Favre. La. Yeah. La, yeah. Uh, anyway, great. La, la Favre. Yeah. <laughs> Not Brett. Brett. Brett Favre. Brett. Brett Favre. I think Brett Favre directed Iron Man. If I'm not mistaken. Brett Favre threw yeah. it. He threw yeah. it all the uh, all down and touched, a yeah. touchdown. If I believe. Um. Anyway. Yeah. Whatever. Yep. Whoever did it. Fantastic, John Favreau. There you go from the booth. John Favreau. John Favreau. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, it can't go wrong with this genre. Uh, I will say on, you know, behalf of myself and uh, Brandon that the anti Mar- Marvel and balance don't really go hand uh, in hand to me. Sorry, uh, uh, Frank's the anti-hero in this conversation. Uh, you and me are, are you know holding down the good side. You know, I mean, it's it's all about perspective. Yeah. You know, you know what you know what you're walking into. You're not expecting to quanti- you know contemplate life mm. watching a Marvel movie, but at the same time, it's but, like, but if hey, you're watching Doctor Strange, it, it might be a different story. It might be a different story. He might cast a Pretty spell deep. on you. But yeah, let let's. Uh, I mean, enjoy it. You know, yeah. grab a beer, grab some popcorn or yeah. whatever, a margarita, and makes a brown it. derby. Make a little brown derby. You sneak it in. Watch a little movie. <laughs> I'll just drown it all with brown. There you go. Drown it all <laughs> See, with brown. See, there you brown. go. I, I think we have a chance with Frank if we can just drown it with brown. Yeah. Frank but is then in. he'll find one that he just falls in love with. I can't wait. There, there are some I like. You, you, you know, you know what's a really good superhero movie? Oh. A really good superhero movie is Unstoppable. M yes. Night Shyamalan. Dude. Great superhero. I love movie. it. Uh, have you, did you see Split? I have not seen Split. Oh, yet. No. you need to see Split. No. There's a great I, it's time on my list between Split and some of other uh, 
M. Night Works, and there's talks really? of future tie-ins. Oh. Uh, you need to see it. Oh. I, I can't spoil it on air. Um, Don't, please. Yes. But yeah, you, you got to see it and make up your own mind. It's, he's, uh, I think, he's making a comeback. Uh, I wasn't a fan of some of his previous so. works, uh, Airbender and right. all that jazz. Um, yeah, me too. But I think he's coming back because he, he's stepping out of the studio system. He's doing it on his own terms again. Uh, Good. So, yeah, just go watch it and tell yeah. me what you think. Unstoppable was just great. Just great yeah. uh, control as a director, you know, and, and great editing all around. Really good. Yeah. Really good. Superhero movie. Nice. Underrated, too. Nice, nice, nice. Well, uh, speaking of, of movies, uh, I just went and watched, it was on our last podcast, I went and watched Logan Lucky with my uh, wife. Have you seen it? Logan Lucky? What is Logan Lucky? Logan Lucky, Lucky is uh, Steven Soderbergh's newest movie. He did, really? yeah, he did under uh, fingerprint uh, releasing. I think maybe the title is his own uh, distribution company. So outside of the studio system, he raised like thirty, thirty-five million dollars, made the movie himself, had full control over marketing, advertising, all that jazz. Was this the 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 race yeah, car, the heist uh, movie, heist, yep. the heist totally. one? Oh, how was it? Was it was good. Uh, it's got like a ninety-three percent on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Like ninety plus percent. It's really, I mean, highly, highly regarded. Uh, it was funny. It was a little slow paced, uh, but mm-hmm. well done. I mean, he was director, you know, DP, editor, you know, story, all the, everything. He's just a genius. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, th- I think we need hmm. uh, more people like that, kind of working outside the studio system. You know, uh, really having a hand in crafting the film they want to make, not getting pushed around. Uh, so he's kind of leading the charge in that in that fashion, I think. Yeah, and you know it's a great time uh, now as well because of the fragmentation of you know distribution and available options. You don't, like you said, you don't have to go the studio route. You could go the Netflix route. You can go the HBO route. You can go the self financing route. Um, so it's really interesting to see, you know, these directors take the reins, so to say, by their own hands and start to like. That's, this is how I want to do it. This is how I want to craft it. So yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm excited. Are about you that, uh, sure. are you or have you ever had an interest uh, in features narrative? Uh, is that some a passion of yours? Do you ever do your own side projects like short films? Well, you know it's interesting. Um, I'm definitely an ad guy. You know I like to live in the ad world. There's a certain type of uh, politicalness and there's a certain type of uh, way things need to be done and understood. Um, and if you're a filmmaker jumping into the ad world, you know, I, I see that happen a lot where um, they're just not sure of, you know, I want it to be this way. I'm the creative. And it, there's so many different complexities that come involved with the ad world. But I'm definitely an ad guy. Um, I have dabbled in some feature film stuff. My previous partner was um, my other production company. He's an actor and has done a lot of big movies. And uh, he directed his first feature film a couple years ago, actually. He shot it in Cleveland. And um, really, what, what was the title? Did, do you remember? Was it the Avengers? <laughs> <laughs> it was the Avengers. He's yeah. a Russo. Uh, no, he's uh, a Russo, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's one of the Russo. No, it was. Uh, man, this is not good. What, uh, I did the title sequence for it, and I can't remember the name of the movie. Yeah, um, I'm putting you on the spot. Uh, totally fine. Crime. I know. Sorry. Hold on one second. Uh, crime. What's it called? Criminal. Activities. Oh yeah. Okay, with John Travolta, right? Yeah, John Travolta yeah. and um, uh, what the guy from um, Downton Abbey. Yeah. 
Uh, Unbelievable. And, uh, I know a bunch of people who worked on criminal activities. Okay. So yeah, he, that, that was my partner wow. and he shot, that was his first feature film. So we, uh, we did some pickup shots here in San Antonio. So I got to um, executive produce some of that and AD some of that as Killer. well. And kind of and kind of set that up, and um, I think we did the best parts of that movie. Actually, uh, we did in the movie. You know, the movie is a Cleveland movie, uh -huh. right? It's a, it, it, the Cleveland is is a part, is a character in the film, and uh, we did the section of the movie that goes, you know, goes back in time to like 1973. It's literally drug, sex, and rock and roll. We did this, this scene where we have. Um, this young boy, the young black boy, he's, you know, he, he gets off of school early. He comes home uh, to find his mom banging a John Doe in the room, yeah. right? So he runs to the kitchen and grabs his dad's shotgun and then runs right back out there to teach John Doe oh. a lesson. He trips and falls. And when he does that, the shotgun goes off. And simultaneously, we're cutting back and forth. And there's another scene that's happening right above that apartment in the upper floor and it's another young boy uh and he's got chicken pox and uh he's staying home because he's sick and chicken pox and this drug dealer comes running in bursting in the room and is pissed off he's high and he's messed up he's super high he comes in grabs the boys threatening the boy and starts he's pissed starts to cut the boy's ear off right so he's starting to gnaw on this boy literally gnaw on this boy's ear with this with this little switchblade knife and uh, right as it's happening, you know, we go cut back to our other young gentleman who's downstairs. He uh, slips and falls. The shotgun goes off, blows a hole in the ceiling, which is the floor, kills this drug dealer that's, you know, practically cut off the ear of this young boy. And um, that's the scene. They roll him up in a in a in a, a uh, what do you call it? A, carp a, a carpet, and they dump him, and they and they you know. They become lifelong friends. So it's this cool little moment, and the, one of the characters is narrating. So as he's narrating, we've seen, we're seeing these scenes, yeah. and as the drug dealer is talking, you see the scenes. So that was uh, a really cool little moment. We had a three-day shoot where we kind of filmed that, so we brought the DP that's in awesome. with a bunch of uh, you know producers and stuff. So that was really so fun. For so for anybody that's um, listening, uh, listen to this part first. I'm going to say this. Spoiler alert. And then go back and listen to the <laughs> story. Yeah, it it is a spoiler yeah, alert actually for the movie, yeah. um, but uh, that was fun. And then then I did the t uh, the title design for that movie as well. Wow! And then we did some visual visual effects for Dude, it. Dude, what a um, small so world! I, I know, right? So you you know, folks oh, have worked on that. I, all my friends worked on that. Yes, that's insane. Ah, all right, like, that was oh. yeah. I worked on it yeah. too. Well, hey, you're my friend now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we we are the friends. We now. are friends now. Yes. Awesome, man. Well, so any uh, aspirations to do more on that on that front? Um, you know, I, I'll uh, I'm always open arms to any opportunities that comes down. But uh, you know, I we'll, we'll see. I, I I'm not I'm not by any means pushing to move my career in that in that uh, realm. But at the same time, uh, I'm I'm open to anything if that makes totally. sense. If that's you know that works. Awesome! You're just a, you're a, a creative content creator. You like a good challenge. I love it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I'm many things to my clients. So sometimes I'm a, a director. Sometimes I'm an editor. Sometimes I'm a music sometimes producer. Sometimes you're a bartender. You know, uh, I mean, you know, it's... sometimes 
I'm a bartender. <laughs> Absolutely. That's what my, I promise my wife when I get home. You're, you're getting your Manhattan, babe. Trust me, you will. <laughs> that is fantastic. I really, I really enjoyed my cocktail. I'm going to make more and continue Frank, to stir with my finger. Yeah. I, I've got to go up there and make you a proper brown derby. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, um, the finger adds a little something, you know? A little bit of that flesh taste. Uh, depending on what you handled previously, you get a little bit of that. It's good. Yeah. A little sweet, a little salt, a little, you know, savory. <laughs> Can't go wrong. Oh, my God. Well, Tony, dude, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, Give a quick shout-out. Give a quick plug. Any place that uh, people can find you on the interwebs. Yeah, um, on Twitter. um, Usually on Twitter, it's at Tomiga2, the number two. Um, And then I have two Instagrams. I have, um, I think, Tony Gallardo. Mm -hmm. And then I have at at Tomiga Effects. That's all my fusion stuff. Nice. so yeah, and your web your was, website. Uh, my website is tomigaworks.com. And you have these bourbon cocktails on your website. Yeah, actually, thank you. Sorry, the bourbon is kicking in. Uh, yeah, go so go to my website. You know, whatever. Look at the videos or don't look at the videos, but scroll down to the very bottom, and there's my favorite cocktails. Those are all my cocktails that I make, and those are all my pictures. But yeah, I make those on the regular. And soon you'll have um, video instructions. <laughs> And you know, yeah. Um, <laughs> rumor is there'll be some video you instructions. Do it, man. You gotta do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I'll see what we can do. Awesome, Tony. Well, hey, anytime that you uh, are anywhere close to uh, Cincinnati, or anytime that we are down in San Antonio, we uh, we got to link up. We get we got to do a, an in person drink spectacular. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, guys. It was fun. And if you um, if you ever come to Austin too, Austin's just a, a stone's throw yeah. away. Um, it's it's real quick. So either way, let me know, and I will treat you guys to a drink on the house. Sounds cool. like a plan. Thank you, Tony. Yeah, we appreciate it. All right, gentlemen. Until next time. All right. Cheers. 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 Tony. Tony. Tony Gallardo. Tony yeah. Gallardo. However you say his last name, he's a brilliant guy. Yes, he is. Yeah, that's cool. We got to learn how to make a new drink, a brown derby. Mm-hmm. I feel like we should post that recipe, right? We should promote that? Yeah, we probably should. We should yeah. have taken a photo before we drank it all. Nah, <laughs> it's not the best presentation. Uh, there's better representations, I'm sure, on his website. Uh, there is. But anyway. Not with the, the charm. Not, not with the, the finger spin. Yeah, but you got to stir it with a meat stick. You know, that's that's the uh, that's the special sauce. Uh, is the meat stick stir stick. Anyway, pretty cool. Well, th- dude, what do you got going on, Frank? We haven't connected in a while. We it, haven't. It's been, uh, it's a, been a long absence. It's been yeah. a while. Yeah. yeah. What's been going on? Um, well, like I said in the podcast, I have uh, I have a shoot coming up where we're going to do 20 talking head interviews. Wow. Uh, travel around different parts of Ohio doing that. and. Can you say what what the topic is or what it's for? I can say it deals with an organization that the mafia. deals with small children. Oh, the mafia. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> cool. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. So you're you're trying to work out the uh, logistics of editing and uh, the post production. Yeah, that. we've we've done a couple for them before, and we've only done like chunks of like five or like at most ten, and like this is going to be a bigger chunk. So we just not, we're we're trying to figure that out right now, like. Nice. I mean, we'll we'll get it figured out. Cool. Are you, so are you uh, producing this? Or are you just doing the post? What's your role? Everything. 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 Filming, yeah. editing. Yeah, that's kind of what we do. Is we just kind of yeah. You know, we can fill in um, for crew roles 
for productions that just are missing a person or whatever, but we can also just like kind of like white label service. Take it all on. Like you know, we double booked. We don't have time to do this here. Yeah. Mimic our style. Do it for us. Totally. So. Sweet. Very cool. Yeah. You, uh, you've been making time for movies or anything lately? Shows? Um, not lately. The, the last one I watched was Dunkirk and that was about a, three weeks a month. I don't know. Time goes so fast. It was know. fantastic though. Yeah. Right. Speaking of Nolan, my God, <laughs> do you think, do you agree that this may be his nomination? Another nomination? It will be. Yeah. Do you I think, don't think there's a, a doubt. Yes. You think it'll be a win? Yes. On what front? Picture, sound, cinematography, editing, director. Those five. At least three. I don't know which one. Really? Okay. I think three. I think sound is going to be a big one. I think he might, that Dunkirk might win best sound editing, excuse me, best score. Um, it may be best direction. Mm-hmm. I think it, it was, it was brilliant. It really was. I only, I... I only had like one complaint, like, well, two, one and a half complaints. I want to hear a complaint. What's a Um, complaint? The ending, I didn't like. Standing in front. Oh, what's wrong with you? Go ahead. The, the, um, I don't want to give it away, but like the, the vehicle that was involved in this. Yeah. Like, eh, I don't know about how far that could have gone in real life. My brother's a pilot. Like, well, he. He yeah, was yeah, a pilot, yeah. and now he's an air traffic controller. And totally. like, I don't know about that. Uh, a little unrealistic. But that was so minor that huh. it didn't it didn't detract at all. Huh. But it also brings into question: Are these the actual events, or their remembrance of the way the events occurred? Yeah. Because like, he remembers himself being a total badass, <laughs> just zero fuel, blah blah. You know. It's a whole different story. I, I will say, I he think, plays with the mind a lot. I think the movie could have just been done in a linear fashion. I yeah. don't think they needed to mix it up. It also could have been done with a dude sitting in a leatherback chair, just telling the story, <laughs> right, straight mm-hmm. to camera. I was on the beach. My ship sank. There was a plane in the sky. For just two hours of that, yeah, that'd be that great. would have been interesting. Yeah. Directed by Christopher Nolan. Much cheaper too. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. What have, what, you, uh, what have you been up to? I, a decent amount. I mean, personal and work-wise, uh, I got some really cool projects coming up that, like everything I do, I can't talk about. Mm-hmm. We, we can't talk about. Uh, but it'll be a good, once it does happen, once these projects do happen, there'll be good breakdowns um, and good discussions on the show. Uh, a couple music videos. <laughs> A couple corporate pieces, a couple commercial pieces. Um, yeah, it, it'll be good on the cinematic front. Yep. Um, other than that, uh, personal stuff. We're you know redoing the bathroom at home and you know just trying to t- trying to make time for life, which is kind of a struggle in our industry. So yeah, nearly impossible. Yeah, but you got to do it. Yeah. So I got back in the pool recently. You have a I'm pool. a swimmer. No, oh, I don't okay. have a pool. No. Uh, are you really a swimmer? Yeah, I started swimming when I was, I started swimming late when I was 15. Um, and I swam high school and club at Countryside YMCA, the Torpedoes. Uh, and then I swam at Ohio University, NCAA Division One. Um, and then we got cut after my freshman year. Our entire team, the men's swim team got cut. So I, instead of transferring to a new school... Uh, I just stayed at OU 
and uh, had a good time. Uh, switched careers to uh, switch tracks to video production and just stopped swimming. But then just last week, got back in the pool, and uh, I think I'm going to train. I think, I think I'm going to try something. I'm yeah. going to you know, join a master's team or uh, <laughs> go to like senior nationals or something. So I, I feel like I've got it in me. I feel like I can do some personal bests. I used to swim too, so we'll talk later. What's what stroke? Hold on. No. So the only one I liked to do yeah. was the 50 free and the oh, 50 you're a butterfly. Sprinter. Yeah. You're a sprinter. See, I was a 200 backstroker. Completely opposite. I hate backstroke. Yeah. It's my worst one. Uh, this is getting into a different <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Like anyway said, later yeah we'll talk later well frank speaking of the podcast we have some uh we gotta read really reviews. really you know really good stuff coming up um this year and also we're we're already talking about stuff for next year all we can say is uh things are changing yes the winds of change have come uh yeah we like you said we have got some really exciting stuff i think the listeners you guys will be uh Pretty excited. There's there's going to be more room for um, feedback, collaboration, uh, and you guys helping to kind of shape the direction that uh, that this channel, this uh, podcast goes. So yep. it's going to be good. Uh, but we, like you wrote down here, we, we got some good uh, reviews. Yeah. Right? I'll read this first one. Do it. It's called Great Podcast from Schwittenberg. Yeah. I've been listening for six months now, and I listen to it nonstop to catch up to live episodes. Love, Brandon and Alex. Frank is a great guy too. Super talented and are down to earth and explain the process of filmmaking and bourbon super well. Nice. That's digital high five to you for mentioning me. There you go, Frank. Um, all right. Uh, here we go. Listener from Creative Garrett. This is the best podcast for movie makers, video production enthusiasts. I forgot an S there, bud. Life experience fans and bourbon drinkers. My favorite episodes are the ones where Alex has just a bit too much bourbon and that sharp, sarcastic edge comes out. That's just the real me, Garrett. Yep. That's just the real me. You know, a little bit sarcastic. I'm like a Sour Patch Kid, you know. <laughs> a little sour going in and then, you know, sweet at the end. Oh. So, anyway, cool. Thank you guys uh, for the reviews. We really do appreciate that. Uh, the more elevated our ranking on iTunes goes, the easier it is for us to get cool guests. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's definitely helping. So thanks a lot. Yeah. You get to hear about Josh Reese, uh, on New York city and Tony Gallardo down in San Antonio. I mean, diversity. That's what we want. Yep. Cool. Well, Frank, uh, I don't think we need any more, uh, Brown Derby, but no. I will cheers you. Yeah. It's empty glass. Your sharp, uh, sarcastic edge. <laughs> This podcast is produced by Frank Steele and recorded live at Gwyn Sound Studio. Find out more at GwynSound.com.